0: death metal death metal there we go <laughs> maybe that's like the clickbait yeah. line to get everyone in death metal <laughs> right death metal is a subgenre of metal that i have not spent nearly enough time listening to
1: likewise
0: i don't like it i didn't like it i didn't like it <laughs> i didn't like it i found it convoluted okay. messy overly loud and noisy and hectic for the sake of it. I didn't like that I couldn't hear the low the, the screams on the lyrics.
1: Okay. You know,
0: when I go into metal, I like Sabbath, I like Maiden, I like Metallica, I like that you could sing along and hear the words. I didn't like that you couldn't hear it with death metal. Mm. Um, what about yourself and death metal? Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm not really that familiar. I wasn't yeah. that familiar before this live stream. Um, like yourself, I always thought that it's potentially a little bit too messy, and sometimes the music that scares me, <laughs> I just sort of just leave aside for another
0: day. I was I was introduced to death metal through a movie, and I'm, maybe some of you were as well. And the movie was Ace Ventura,
1: um, <laughs>
0: and when he goes into that club and he and he Brilliant. starts dancing along to Cannibal Corpse, like that for me was the moment I realised because probably at that moment I was probably listening to metal, like I said, mm-hmm. in Metallica. Um, and then I saw that, and I thought, whoa. I was like, wait, you're telling me there's metal that sounds like that heavy? Yeah. I, was, I need to check it out. And I checked it out, and I love the idea. I love the attitude. I love what it stands for. I just don't like or didn't like the sound of it. Okay. But that all changed this week. That Well, I say this week, the last few weeks. Yeah. Ugh, the last couple of months for me. Yeah. The last week for you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think so. This all changed when we... Or I started doing my research into death metal mm-hmm. a month or two ago. Okay. And I was like, Do you know what? Everyone seems to love death metal. And I want to give yeah. it a go. I want to see what this is all about.
1: Well, you know, also, a really big factor for me was I think I asked on Facebook and on Instagram, I asked you guys what your favorite subgenre is. Yeah, And I was so surprised to see that so many of you, well, the majority of you actually, death love thrash. And death.
0: That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. so uh we thought we why not why not immerse ourselves in the uh in the subgenre of metal that our followers love. So yeah. I took it upon myself to sort of really get into the nitty-gritty of it and find out how it began, where it went, where it is now, mm-hmm. the various subgenres that have sprouted off of death yeah. metal. And it turns out that you can trace this, and I will give the credit to the other artists when it's due. You can trace this back to one man and his band. And that man is Chuck Scholdiner and his band, Death. Yeah. So before we get there, I'm going to give you a quick little uh, history lesson. Sounds a bit patronising.
1: A little history A little
0: musical uh, analysis of the where death metal came from. So at the start of the late 70s and early 80s, you've got extreme metal, which isn't in itself a sub-genre. You wouldn't say, oh, that band are an extreme metal band. It's mm. a bit more of a collective grouping. You've got bands like Venom and Merciful Fate, who kind of took what we had in traditional metal throughout the 70s, added the elements like New Wave of British heavy metal, like the punk, uh, but they just took things to the next level, and played faster, screamed higher, screamed louder. You know, it was extreme in, in all ways, and that's why it's called extreme metal. So you've got extreme metal in the late 70s and the early 80s. Mid 80s, you've got thrash establishing itself. Uh, And as well as as that, you've got hardcore punk coming through the end of the seventies and into the early eighties. The combination of these three subgenres, if you like, together gave us death metal. Mm -hmm. Now, this comes in many forms. You know, some band will be inspired by an extreme metal and a thrash metal band. Some band may come just come from from loving a hardcore punk band or something. But generally, okay, generally that is how stylistically and evolutionary wise we got to death metal. Extreme metal, plus thrash metal, plus hardcore punk. Put them together, death metal. Um, A couple of albums that you guys should go and check out if you want to hear how we got to death metal. Venom's Black Metal from 1982. It was a great album to see how we went from that easygoing, listening metal Mm -hmm. to the harder and the more extreme stuff. Celtic Frost's Morbid Tales from 1984. Uh, Bathory's Bathory from 1984. And Possessed's Seven Churches which some people would call the first ever death metal album. And I'm not willing to argue with them. If you have that opinion, that is absolutely fine. However, I see it more as the bridging album between extreme metal and thrash to death. So if we're calling what we're going to call the first death metal album, death metal, and this is the extreme and thrash metal, I'm I'm putting Possessed Seven Churches in the middle, maybe more towards death, but I still feel we haven't really reached death metal by the time Seven Churches comes out. There's your quick little uh, thing on on how we got to death metal. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you want to add or to ask? Or? No,
1: it's great. It's great. It's just I'm just soaking in what you're saying. <laughs> no, it all makes sense. And I think we mentioned some of these albums before. Actually, we did
0: in our reels. So yep. if you're here from our reel, you'd have heard those before. Right. So here's what we're going to do. During my an hour research over the last months and weeks, we have found out that death. The band Death, my new favourite death metal band, oh, yeah! As you can see, um, and Chuck Scholdiner, are largely responsible for doing so much for this genre. Potentially establishing it. If not establishing it, then at least moving it on and progressing it several times. So we are going to look at all of their albums and it's not going to be in depth. We're not going to go track by track. We're just going to have an overview of the album and have a look at what it did for death's legacy and death metal as a subgenre. Now, the way we're going to do this is we've split it into four different categories. We've got general music, so the technicality and the progressiveness, as well as the musicianship. We've got production, we've got lyrics, and we've got the influence slash commercial success that it had on metal. So um, we're going to jump straight in. I will give you the albums first, and then we'll go to our our categories. So album number one, Scream Bloody Gore from 1987, Album number number two, Leprosy, from 1988. Album number three, Spiritual Healing, from 1990. Album number four, Human, from 1991. Album number five, Individual Thought Patterns, from 1993. Album number six, Symbolic, from 1995. And album number seven, The Sound of Perseverance, from 1998. So we're going to crack on right now with the music aspect of it, the technicality Uh, the precision, the intricacy, and the progressiveness of Death's music. So we're going to kick off with Scream Bloody Gore. What were your thoughts when you first heard this album?
1: (laughs) You remember. I do, yeah. (laughs) I was like, what is going on? Honestly, it was was Can I ask, was
0: this your first introduction to death metal?
1: More or less. I heard some stuff before, but introduction to death, definitely. Yes. Yes. And I was just thinking... Oh my goodness! This is so technical. Mm. This is so fast. And you know what? Also, I thought I thought it was very thrashy. Mm. And actually, I have a question about that. Yeah. Can you explain, okay, the difference? Uh, what What is the difference between thrash and death metal?
0: So, I mean, you can hear how one comes from the other. Okay. I think, and I think that's yeah. a nice a, a nice bridge to see it's go from thrash to death. Yeah. You've got a few differences in the vocals. For example, vocals. Thrash is more aggressively sung or shouted, whereas death is that low guttural growly vocal. Okay. Guitar-wise, you've got you, you've got riffs being played.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Chuggy. Okay. Speedy. Yeah. Precision downpicking you know, and with death metal it's not necessarily um, fast all the time. There are some slower sections, as you know from the albums yeah. that we've heard. Yeah. But often you're going to have the emphasis on the dissonant notes. You're going to have the emphasis on the darkness with death metal. Okay. Quite a lot of tremolo picking, which is the brrr, like you know going up and down, mm-hmm. not just down picking. Down tuned, down tuned guitars would be quite a big factor as well. A lot of death metal you can hear is detuned quite a bit, uh, and it's just more heavily distorted. And when it comes to the drums. I think I sum up death metal and the difference between their drumming in two ways. One, with thrash metal, you've got the drums. Although they're playing the fast-paced, technical, um, aggressive uh, patterns, mm-hmm. they are still holding a groove. They're still okay. dry. They're, they're, they're still. They're still the backbone of the song. Okay if you were to take all the guitars and vocals and bass out of a thrash song and you leave the drums in, you could still get an idea of tempo, feel, speed, aggression. Death metal drums, I find often to align themselves more with the guitar and the bass. So if we've got a riff for thrash and it's like, you still might have the drums going, just keeping it going. Whereas with death metal, you might find the drums following the rest of the instruments.
1: Right, So it might
0: play fills. If if you've got a riff that goes whilst the thrash might go Mm -hmm. death might go Yeah, I noticed
1: that.
0: It might follow the rest of the instruments. And that's because I think when you've got everything together, all the instruments together playing their piece, in death metal, it adds a little bit of chaos. (laughs) It <laughs> yeah. Adds a little bit of. Um, mm. uh, I, I'm not. I don't know what word to use. But the way that my, my thinking is is that thrash has the backbone of the song. Okay. Whereas the drums in death metal might align might align themselves more as an individual instrument as opposed to the thing that's keeping the song in time.
1: Okay. So what did you think about Scream Bloody Gore?
0: Right. So. It's characterized by raw, aggressive riffing and very simple song structures. When we look later on into the death discography, Mm -hmm. these are quite simple compared to them. The songs, however, I do think they sound similar and alike, and it's hard to differentiate. But oh, okay, wait, so that song ended, did it? On that song started. Oh, wait, hold on. The intro of that song sounded like the break of that song. I did find it was very similar. I love um, so very as good well. as far as death metal you know i'm like i said i'm far from a death metal aficionado so i can't comment on how good it is as in a death metal album but i enjoyed it mm-hmm. um shorter songs less complex simpler solo sections and most importantly very very little melody
1: okay very very like, little melody yeah. and that's okay. going to be important later important. on in the video
0: absolutely longest song on the album Four minutes, 35 seconds, just just remember that. So now we move on to 1988's Leprosy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the first song on the album is a great indicator of the changes. Instantly, you've got slightly more melodies being played. The snare sound is playing like a syncopated, uh, not the snare sound, the snare drum is playing like a syncopated uh, syncopated hits during that intro. Uh, And it's sounding more progressive and daring already. Um, yeah. You've got more complex songwriting and memorable riffs, hints of melodic guitars as uh, in the form of melodies and motifs during the solos. The drums venture further than the normal patterns, and it's way more progressive in terms of loads of tempo changes. And the final thing is that there's only... So remember what I said about the last album, There's uh, the longest song is 4 minutes 35. On Leprosy, there is only one song shorter than 4 minutes 25, so we can assume, you know, it's it's a bit of a cop out. Say progressive music equals longer songs, but that is one of the aspects. One Be- of them, yeah. Because if you make um, music more complex and you add mm-hmm. more structural changes, more tempo changes, the songs start to grow. Yeah. And so I think this is already an indicator that Leprosy is just trying to move things on a little bit, being more progressive.
1: Well, I thought that as soon as you know, because we I thought we listened to Scream Bloody Gore and then we, we did it in to, order, in, in order, didn't we? So it was really fresh in my head. Um, and instantly I was like, wow, this is a lot more melodic, like guitars, mm-hmm. straight to it. I just heard that melody. I was like, yep, that's, that's a lot more melodic. Yeah. And actually that made it easier for me to listen to it. I don't know why. Yeah. It just did. It just really did. And overall, I think I personally enjoyed Leprosy a lot more because of the introduction of some form of you know melody in the guitars mm. and stuff. Yeah.
0: So following melody came spiritual healing, uh, which was increased technicality. So we did see more complexion coming into the musicianship and the band members, uh, but with a focus on melody. Uh, It transitioned more towards a melodic and technical sound. It kind of avoided trying to be heavy for death metal's sake and actually just started relying on some technical aspects as well as melody. There are so many more melodic guitars. Um, The intro to spiritual healing, uh, and dual leads as well throughout the album. Hmm. Uh, I didn't really have much to say about this album other than that.
1: Well, actually, I do. Okay. Can I ask you something? Yes. <laughs> He's worried. <Really> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what it's gonna be. No,
1: don't worry. Look, so I heard, in Spiritual Healing, okay, I heard some doomy sections in that album.
0: Oh, yes, I remember saying, yeah, there was, there was some, yeah.
1: So how come we get traces of doom metal in a death album. Like, how come? Do you think there's a reason well, for it, in, like, songwriting-wise? Yes,
0: I do. I think that in... So whilst we characterise death metal as thrash plus extreme plus hardcore punk... You can still chuck other things in there. The last word I said before Dash took over was "dual leads," and mm-hmm. we know dual leads have come come from Wishbone Ash, Thin Lizzy, Iron Maiden. We know that they come from from previous um, metal eras. And so, I think what I've heard through this whole death discography is tiny element, big elements of some things, thrash, extreme metal, little hints of other things, little hints of doom metal, which actually started um, sort of started gaining popularity a few years before. Uh, death Began, uh in 1987 Scream Bloody Gore. So Doom would have been in the metal scene building yeah, and, and it would yeah. have become a bit notorious. You know, Candlemass would have uh, already released their their Epicus Doomicus Metallicus album, which is just the 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 most uh obvious example of a Doom album you can give. So that would have been in and around the metal scene. So okay. I like to think that you know Chuck was was hearing these things and just wanting to put them in his music. Right. But again, this is another right. example of Chuck Scholdiner not just sticking with his um his 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 formula of death metal, which he had in Scream Bloody Gore, but just trying to advance things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: And mind you, it's only been a year. Two years.
0: Two years. The still, album. Oh, we're talking about
1: Switch It's you know. <laughs> still, you know, it's not it's not that much time and I think it's a good to sort of move with time. And yeah, exactly. stuff. So yeah, that, that's really good. You know, what I also noticed, I told you in scream bloody Gore* or that and leprosy that I personally couldn't understand. I could, but because the screaming is so intense,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you kind of get, lost with the lyrics like you can't really understand the lyrics yeah
0: so easy to not and i was
1: like i just i'm not following i don't know what the lyrics are but it changed in spiritual healing i thought that it was uh, you know the pronunciation articulation per se okay was more there and i could definitely you know, make some words
0: out. So. I think, I think he, his screams get better each album. I think That's it also goes true. up. And yeah. It just becomes, you go from the low kind of scream in the first album. And then as you go through, you just know he's kind of, you can, I, I can hear what he says in some of the screams, especially in the later albums, yeah. uh, which we'll get to um so after that comes human and this is the moment where we see a far more technical and progressive side come into death's music Mm -hmm. we kind of lose the melodies a little bit they kind of sort of are pushed out in in place of technicality and progressiveness um you know let's look at what's going on the intro of secret bass you've got bass solos in there it's far more complex in time signature changes tempo changes um The next thing to add is that he had a new band. And actually we'll just take a minute on this to say that every album has a new lineup. That's another thing I think is very important because with certain bands, if you stick together and one band, four members stick together through the whole career of a band, I don't at all want to say it's a bad thing. Look at the wonders it's done for Metallica's career. I mean, obviously it's not the same four guys, but you know what I mean? Keeping a consistent core of a lineup. Chuck changed his musicians every album. And this, I think, was a huge part of Death's success because each time you've got a new album in the works and you've got new people coming in, they're offering different things than the band before.
1: True. And I also read that Chuck was a man of a vision. He, like, knew what he wanted from... The next lineup. Yeah. he knew what he wanted to produce on the next album, so he knew the musicians. Well, that doesn't
0: surprise album. me then, because it means that he's come and he's said, "Right, I wanted more technical sound on this album. Mm-hmm. Let's go and get some better players."
1: There you go. No, like, offense,
0: no offense to the guys yeah, on Leprosy, like <laughs> maybe intriguing.
1: musicians who more like play more. Of Absolutely, yeah. Stuff.
0: Um, and as I said, the first prominent signs of a melody slash a july guitar we get is on the last song. It's simply not the focus on this album.
1: Yeah, well, I just, I really enjoyed the bass on it. I enjoyed the solo that you mentioned before, and we have an instrumental track, don't we? Yes. Uh, Cosmic Sea. And that was, I just, I don't know why, but I didn't expect to hear an instrumental
0: It, it track. took us by surprise. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> do you
1: remember more like halfway through, I was like, is this going to be an instrumental? Is this going to be an instrumental? And yeah. it was... And you know what, it was really, really enjoyable. And the bass solo was absolutely brilliant. And again, like there was a song, Lack of Comprehension, I think that the intro Again, just with such melodic bass lines and it's just another step up, you know, for that melody that we talked about. Mm,
0: Yeah. Uh, So following human comes individual thought patterns, uh, which continues and even actually further develops the technicality and the progressive aspects. There is a big emphasis on time signature changes in this album. There are lots of them going on all over the place, several times each song. But with individual thought patterns, they start adding more melody. So I said in Human, there's a severe lack of melody. With individual thought patterns, they start bringing it in a bit more. Um, go and check. I mean, I, I suppose it's it's things that you could mistake for a guitar solo, like little sections where he's double tapping on, like, on, his, on his thing. But you'd think it was a solo until you realize that it's got a structure to it. It moves up to the next note, goes up again, back down to the original. And he's repeated it again. It's not a solo per se. It's a very intricate... Virtuatistic um melody or motif okay um
1: well you know what i noticed about visual thought patterns mm. is the use of fretless bass yes that was very interesting fretless bass in death metal yeah is that just another kind of progressive element
0: yeah that's yeah i think that's all it is because there's no way that Chuck, I mean it's the same bass player. So although most lineup of the of the lineup changed, it's the same bass player on human as it is individual torse pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh Steve DiGiorgio, I think his name is. There's no mm-hmm. way that they would have just accidentally, you know, yeah, Steve no, didn't course. just go, Hey Chuck, I bought this fretless bass. Let me <laughs> give it a whirl. Yeah. He's that they've gone in there looking for a specific sound. And the thing about fretless bass, I can answer this as a bass player, I used to play fretless. First of all, I've got to give Steve absolute credit because the fretless bass is an incredibly hard instrument to play. You can get fretless basses with fret markers, so you can actually see where your note is, where your finger's supposed to go to. But a proper fretless bass player doesn't have fret markers. And it's like playing a violin or a cello. You've just got to know where the notes are. And so to play some of those riffs and some of those technically difficult riffs and, mm. and and passages that Chuck has asked him to do on a fretless yes. is something that you've got to admire hugely. It's just mad. The fretless, it's even, it's, it, it it gives a different tone, it is smoother, you can glide to the note, you know, instead of going boom, boom, it goes boom, boom. It, like, it just glides up there there's no frets getting in the way um, it's a more expressive bass, you can, simply because of that reason, it's kind of like Obviously, you can play expressively on a piano. Yeah, but you know what I mean—that you still have to change the note you're on and click another note down. Yeah, with a with with fretless instruments, you can just play one note and slide to the other.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it okay. doesn't. You, you so, can, do you think that feature? Yeah, it's called a feature. Uh, can like sort of helped the amount of melody.
0: Not really, because I don't think he plays much melody. Okay, so There's, what do you
1: think it contributed towards?
0: Tonal. Tonal. Just just the tone, just the sound. You know, don't mm. forget Chuck was always trying to experiment with things and see how we can make this better. How yeah. can I make this different? Yeah. And the, the bass playing doesn't feel different to human. Mm-hmm. It just sounds different. The, the the same Twice. Steve. De, my point is, Steve Giorgio is being asked to do the same sort of thing on individual thought patterns as he is on human. It's not like Chuck has said, right? We're going to do a death metal album for human, so use a proper bass, and we're going to go and do some uh, some Latin uh, bossa nova vibes for the second album. So get fretless. Mm. He's being asked to do the same thing. I just feel the tonally it's different.
1: Yeah, it is different. Yeah, it's yeah. very
0: unusual. Um, that's all I had. Yeah. Apart from that, individual thought patterns. I mentioned the technicality already, but I think it needs to be mentioned again that the the level of musicianship on that album is just phenomenal because Chuck's songwriting with each album is developing and getting better and better and better. And he's learning more about his instrument, about the industry he's in, the genre he's supposedly pioneering. You know, something we actually forgot to mention at the start when we did Scream Bloody Gore is that scream bloody gore is arguably the first death metal album of all time now i already said some people would say it's seven uh, possessed seven churches mm-hmm. i gave my reasons for why i don't think so i'm not going to argue with you if you do but this guy arguably invented death metal with his first album mm-hmm. and he is now constantly looking to evolve it and change it mm-hmm. And we've seen through the album so far what he's done to change it and adapt the death metal sound yeah it's brilliant yeah. Um, and, and part of that comes the riffs that he writes and they're so good and you kind of think how can you write anything harder or more daring or more complicated than this and he does it and, and, then, does it and then you go time. to individual thought patterns it's brilliant yeah absolutely uh, any more thoughts on that album?
1: no I just also think that with this album it seems that his screams are like really solid now oh that yeah that yeah. and I think from that album onwards it just got better, and better.
0: yeah so then comes Symbolic. Um, symbolic is arguably, the, well, I, I think it is the most famous death album. It's the one that kind of everyone would recommend. Oh, really? The yes, it's is, it is cited of as course. their best. A lot of people would say it is the death album. It is my
1: favourite album.
0: Well, and this is why. Tell me, give me the one word why you like it compared to the other oh, albums. Interesting.
1: Well, I don't know. There's a lot I like about it. But what's
0: different? acoustic guitar no melodies
1: okay but melodies are, but we have melodies
0: before yeah but not to this level in symbolic okay. we see melodies galore it is all mm. about the melodies we're getting this in even in some of his vocal screens he's doing melodies as opposed to just his monotone normal scream and we get more guitar solos longer instrumental passages that focus on things like melody imagine if you had a three and a half minute instrumental section and all it was is like the rhythms and the heavy drums that we kind of got in scream bloody gore i think you would get bored I think, I think a lot of people get bored, but Chuck embellishes it with beautiful melodies and motifs throughout this album.
1: And I think that actually, along with, you know, I mentioned acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah. So acoustic guitar, there's like little flamenco vibes going on in one of the songs and one of the outro. And it's just like lightly just there in the yeah. background. And that is really beautiful. Again, something I really didn't expect to see. I don't know why, but, you know... Before, yeah, we not Because we haven't heard it yeah. before, and it's just not something that I associate death metal with, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. But um, I just think... I lost my true thought. truth, though.
0: Well, I was going to say that with the refinement and the furthering of the technical aspect of it with Symbolics, so we've already established...
1: Oh, yeah, I, I know. What yeah, honest. go on. Say on. Look, so when you were talking about the melodies... Yeah. I actually think... Um, those melodies and that variety of them is what made it a bit, it feels a bit more listenable to someone
0: who can't
1: really, or doesn't really listen to death metal.
0: But that's why someone who says, if you say, I want to get into death metal, a lot of people would say, Go listen to symbolic by death. And that's what happened. What it's my favorite
1: of all. There you go. I just found go. it really enjoyable, and I'm actually going to go back and listen to it
0: again. Some further aspects of symbolic. So we've already established that with human and individual thought patterns, they really push the limits of progressiveness and technicality. Mm-hmm. Here they kind of refine it, that they, they, they don't push anymore. They've established what the perfect line is for them, and that's what I really like about it. It's a masterclass in technical death metal. Each musician masterfully displaying his talent. The same thing for progressiveness. They don't overdo it, but there are still plenty of time signature changes, atmospheric changes, acoustic guitar Mm -hmm. out of nowhere, tempo changes, unconventional song structures. They've just absolutely nailed and found that perfect balance between melody, technicality and progressiveness. And that's why I think this is the perfect Death album, if you like, and
1: I also think that what I noticed uh, is something about the drums that the drum group sometimes went into something a bit simpler per se. If you can say simpler in (laughs) relation to death, but there we go.
0: Yeah, no, I agree.
1: Um, and it's just it again. It contributed to me just having a really good time listening to it.
0: It feels like a death metal album. Way more with sprinkles of traditional stuff, doesn't it? Like I think you can hear certain choruses played with chords that Iron Maiden are famous of using. Mm. You know, some dual leads. You listen to it, you think, "Oh, that's there's a bit of Maiden in there." Yeah. Um, But yeah, symbolic. That's a personal favourite of mine and yours. Same. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tell
1: us your favourite. Sorry. Tell us your favourite album, actually. Think about it and tell us in the comments. Uh,
0: so finally, in terms of this musical, uh, in the musical aspect of these albums, we're at the final stage of this part, The Sound of Perseverance. Now, this is the pinnacle at the time of technical death metal. Chuck decided to go all out and say, why don't we just try everything we can and go as technical as possible we kick, it's so evident this is happening because you kick the whole album off with the the most incredibly intricate drum intro. And it's just so typical that you're sort of, sat there and it's like, well, what do we think this death album is going to be like? And there's this crazy (laughs) drum intro and you're like, that's it, there's the answer. Um, It's far more unforgiving and complex. It's hard. I think it's hard for, comparing symbolic. I think the biggest difference in sound of an album yeah, In depth discography is between symbolic...
1: Yeah.
0: Actually, I don't know if, if well, I I, say that. Well,
1: I actually... For Would me, probably. That? Yeah. Yeah, that's also because I remember listening to the first track of The Sound of Perseverance, and I couldn't focus on the melody because it's so technical. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. so It's technical. got a lot behind yeah. it, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: there's a lot going on. Um, do you have anything else to say about that one?
1: Well, um, I just thought one of the tracks we had another acoustic guitar again coming in mm-hmm. and it sort of served as the main instrument for the track which was very unusual again What's i it thought called?
0: vision of soul or something yeah i don't yeah. know
1: that exactly uh, about soul
0: it. vision yeah. or something
1: that was beautiful it was it was really lovely yeah. it was actually lovely unexpected it was unexpected and very nice and you know what i also didn't expect is that the last song is a cover
0: oh yeah yeah painkiller by judas, judas Priest.
1: Priest? Yeah,
0: really good cover as well. That to me was really special because we see Chuck for once. I know his vocal style had changed. I know he hasn't changed. I know his growling style had changed. He went from very low to higher, getting better at enunciation, getting better at pronunciation, getting better at this. But then at the end, the final piece of death music we get to hear on an official album, of course, is him. Scream belting, you know, growl, I mean, like screaming, growl slash yeah. screaming yeah. like Rob Halford. And it, brought, cool. it was, yeah, it was very, very enjoyable for very me. Very cool. Um, so that's the end of the first section where we're yeah. talking about the musicality aspect of Death's albums. Do we have any comments we want to address? No, I think someone people are just
1: enjoying
0: great awesome uh, stuff.
1: Watching, and we've got someone saying, Can't watch right now, but surely check out later. Yeah, make please. sure you do, yeah. Make sure
0: you do. Um, so the next section we're going to go on to is production, and we want to rest assured these aren't going these sections aren't going to be as long as what we've just had because we've covered all the yeah. nitty-gritty yeah. detailed aspects of the music. Now we're going to kind of sum up and see in groups what happened. So the production. With Screen Bloody Gore, I think it's very obvious to hear it is a raw, do-it-yourself kind of underground production vibe, which is how it was in the early days of death metal. It's certainly mm. how it was in the early days of black metal.
1: Yeah,
0: um, you know, we, we listened to a bit of Dark Throne, um, who are a black metal band, and we thought, my God, are they serious? Not not the band, but as is Spotify serious? Like, they want us to listen to this. It's so hard to hear the instruments because the mix is just so terrible.
1: Yeah. And
0: I think Scream Bloody Gore's okay. The production's okay. But it's still just a bit overly loud, a bit distorted in places.
1: Yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah, It does get better,
0: though. Yes, yeah? Spoiler alert. It does, yes. Yeah. So next, with Leprosy and Spiritual Healing, it's better production, isn't it? Oh, yeah
1: absolutely and it's just it's just a better mix Mm -hmm. overall like instruments you you can actually make out the instruments better and follow them yeah it's
0: all mixed much nicer Mm -hmm. but despite that it doesn't lose the brutality and the aggression i don't find ever i mean we're just talking about leprosy and spiritual healing i think
1: it kind of enhances it makes it a bit more there makes it more sharp
0: and i suppose if you yeah if you are if you're able to identify the instruments better that that's only going to enhance
1: hearing kick drums play faster yeah yeah
0: then we get to the last four albums human individual thought pants symbolic and the sound of perseverance and you kind of get the idea with these albums they've kind of like been like right we've we've nailed this we know how to mix death songs because the mix is nailed Mm. your instruments are perfectly clear the balance of the sounds is fantastic and now they look to develop and to add things like special effects Atmospheric changes, playing with the tones of the guitars, you know, songs like um, the, the song Flattening, uh, the, there's more words to that, but I just wrote the first one, Flattening, the drum intro, in all of death, we've never had drums coming up really quiet and then come louder, louder, louder into the song.
1: Yeah, it was like a Every song, almost. yeah,
0: mm. um, Secret Face, the heavy guitars at the start, there's some effects on them, lack of comprehension, the intro, the whole of Cosmic Sea. Mm -hmm. Just this production that's added that makes the song even better due to atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's key about the production of the last four albums, is that once you've nailed the mix and you've found out how your band want to sound, then you can start pushing forward with special effects and making, you know, guitar tones and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I
1: really... it, It actually... Sort of enhance my whole listening to death experience, you know. The
0: better production, later yeah. On.
1: And the just use of effects was very interesting later on. I think it was started with human,
0: um,
1: yeah. and that was yeah. That it didn't make it better, but it just it just opened sort of another side of them.
0: It's like me. a quality thing, isn't it? Why yeah. would you watch something in HD when you can watch it in 4K? It's you a know great what I mean? example, yeah? yes. Um, so that's that. That's the production section done. Uh, now we're gonna move on to the lyrics. So with Scream Bloody Gore, lyrically, it was very much like what we associate most death metal to be about. Mm -hmm. Gore, horror, violence. Just go and take a look at the Cannibal Corpse album cover (laughs) and you'll see everything that people think uh, death metal is about. However, one thing that was interesting is while Cannibal Corpse or bands like Cannibal Corpse uh, have continued to sing about these gore, horror, death, violent themes, Chuck and Death. I say Chuck and death. Chuck is death. But <laughs> Chuck, Chuck in the form of death um, changed his, uh, his lyrics. And they're not major changes, but you can start seeing tiny little tweaks and differences between albums. So from, like I said, Scream Bloody Gore, Horror, Violence, and Gore. It's in the title, isn't it? Yeah. Scream Bloody Gore. It With Leprosy and Spiritual Healing, we're seeing a much more introspective set of lyrics. It's like Chuck is being a bit more human, a bit darker, Looking in himself, exploring Mm. death, life, suffering, a bit of existentialism and changes in there. Yeah.
1: No, I just like the whole uh, array of topics that he goes through, actually, throughout the discussion. Yeah,
0: yeah. With human and individual thought patterns, we continue veering away from the gore and horror, and it tackles more philosophical and existential themes songs like The Philosopher and Human Form are demonstrative of this philosophical and psychological tape we've now got on the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And then finishing off with Symbolic and The Sound of Perseverance, he kind of goes back to those existential metaphysical themes, you know, concepts of life, death, the human experience, human existence. And lyrics, I think, is something you don't tend to focus on a lot with death metal, no. um, which is why we've kept our part nice and short here, because yeah. you can't hear him half the time, can you? No. Sorry, death metal fans. Sorry no, to put it out there, true, but it is true. It's, it's true. You like can't hear everything half the time. Um, but yeah, so should we move on to our final category? Yeah. Yeah. The final category is commercial success slash influence. Now, this is massively important because of the video. I made a bold statement how Chuck is like the most important man in death metal. I think a lot of people would agree with me, but now we're going to tell you how and why that's happened. So with Scream Bloody Gore, Like I said, this album is arguably the first death metal album. This gave other bands the platform to go, holy, can I swear? Holy shit. Look at how aggressive and brutal and heavy this man's music is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why can't we do that? Yeah. Imagine, you know, it's the end of the eighties. You have got glam metal. The Guns and Roses have kind of taken the glam off of glam metal. They've, they've they've taken the hair and the makeup and the spandex away. They're now writing heavier glam metal. We mm-hmm. know it. Songs like "Sweet Child of Mine," you know, yeah. we know it. This is the what the the focus of metal was on glam and bands like Guns and Roses in the end of the eighties. When you've got this underneath, I can just imagine so many other bands being like, "Wait." I look over here, Guns N' Roses, nothing against them, great band. Or I could play like Guns N' Roses and those kind of bands, or I could play like Chuck Schuldiner and write the heaviest, most brutal music I've ever heard. Scream Bloody Gore gave those bands a platform and... uh, An example. An example, a... uh, I think that's it, an example of how to make this music. Um, Unrelenting aggression and darkness that would set a precedent... For death metal bands to come for many, many years. A Mm -hmm. hugely important album. Now, what's important about leprosy and spiritual healing is that it continued the raw aggression and the brutality. But it said, this doesn't just have to be simple songs that you know with when we're playing with raw aggression. We can make this complex. And that's what they did. They started adding complexity and sophistication into this raw aggressive music. Okay. Chuck's talent and notoriety for being an excellent songwriter and guitar player just elevated again. You know, people looked at *Scream Bloody Gore and went, wow, it's a fucking good album. And then they, they hear leprosy and spiritual healing. and They're like, Jesus, this guy can write like really important stuff with human and individual thought patterns. These are key. I mean, I say this, about, I've said it about every album of like, yeah. These albums are key. That is
1: true. It,
0: yeah. Progressive death metal and technical death metal i'm going to go out on a limb and say these subgenres would not exist without these two albums we spoke in the musical se- section about how important uh, not how important how technical mm-hmm. and progressive how many technical and progressive aspects chuck has fitted into these songs whilst keeping his original brutality and aggression whilst also keeping hints of melodies in there and this is what is so significant it's played a massive part in the development of progressive metal songs like cosmic sea showed that you could really really push the boundaries of death metal to lengths that people would even would not even consider technical death metal as well that's a huge factor for exactly the same reasons Mm -hmm. messing around with incredibly complex riffs using unorthodox scales unusual arpeggios unusual guitar techniques that exactly the same way as you say with screen bloody gore gave an example and a, a, an allowance for other bands to step in and say well i can play complicated riffs yeah. why don't i write music like this mm-hmm. and you look at the bands we've got now who you call technical death metal you know meshaga um incredibly technical band and you kind of think well the rhythms they play in some of their songs are incredibly intricate and difficult but would they ever have gotten there had it not been for the likes of human and individual thought patterns and Chuck saying to these guys, you can do what you want with death metal. It doesn't just have to be loud, but brutal and aggressive. Yeah. Do you have anything to say? No, thoughts? I
1: just think overall, I think that, well, it has, it, it's got so much influence on me.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I am not someone who just casually listens to death metal. Mm. And I think, It's that technicality that apparently is just so technical that I just have so much respect for those musicians.
0: And I think if you don't hear it in the context, what am I trying to say? If you don't understand what it means, Mm -hmm. it can come across as messy and horrible. But we'll we'll come back to this later. Yeah. 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 Because we're going to give our thoughts on death metal Mm -hmm. a bit later. Symbolic. Now, as I said, this is cited as the best death album and it is the pinnacle of technical and progressive death metal because, as I said in the music section, they've absolutely nailed it. They've Mm -hmm. now found the perfect balance between technicality, progressiveness and and melody. It allowed bands to explore many, many avenues of combining these things. Do you want to go technical and melodic? Should we go progressive and melodic? Mm -hmm. And you think of all the subgenres that have come out. Melodic death metal. Now, I wouldn't attribute symbolic with that subgenre because melodic death metal supposedly started earlier than that, but you can't help but think that maybe leprosy or spiritual healing had a part to play in in the rise of melodic death metal. It's just so much, so much that we can see as a direct result of this. Um, And The Sound of Perseverance, to finish it off, celebrated as one of the most significant achievements in both the tech metal and the progressive metal history, let alone chuck and death yeah. just in the history um chuck Son swan song uh which means his last you know piece of work because we, we lost him in 2001 and this was very sad reading up on it yeah. you know so uh he, he developed a brain tumor uh a can a cancerous tumor tumor in his brain and it was very, very sad because you know he was still writing, he was still playing, he was still doing his thing really well. He was so young. And you had bands. Uh, I don't know if you know about this, but in two thousand and I'm not going to put a date on it in case I'm wrong. But a bunch of musicians came together to do mm-hmm. a benefit concert to raise money for oh. Chuck's treatment. Oh wow. Kid Rock. Okay. Corn, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and even Matt Heafy from Trivium did his own thing at a high school before he, before he was 15 years old. And before he was even in a band, he Chuck had influenced him that much that he went and organized a, a gig for his band in high school so that he could send the money to Chuck Sheldon uh, medical, medical treatment. Wow.
1: So he, he touched so many people and in chili the peppers. industry, yeah.
0: I mean, chili, chili peppers, peppers. <laughs> Kid I'm Rock, so surprised. Corn and Trivium you get, but yeah. Kid Rock and the chili wow. peppers. It's like, wow. So I think that goes to show, you know, all we've done here is talk about the the musical influence from a very nerdy point of view. Okay, well, individual thought <laughs> patterns—you can see how it, how tech death metal came from this and that. But even <laughs> even just even just the way, as you said, the lives he touched and the way he meant things. You know, after when I told you that we, or when I when we agreed that we were gonna do this,
1: yeah,
0: and I, before we got to the first few listens. I we we watched a live out a live uh, video on YouTube of Death performing, yeah. and I said to Dash, I said just read these, and it was the comments from the YouTube video, and you can just tell he's just such a missed person.
1: I think it's also because I mean, do you remember what he looked like? Just like a jeans and t-shirt, yeah. and just, he just like looks like a guy that just lives next door and the
0: most, just plays yeah.
1: guitar and he's great at it and everything. It's just like the most down to earth.
0: Yeah, person. the most normal looking guy. Yeah. Well, Find his long hair, I suppose that was a bit different for the for Wait. the 80s, but well, maybe not. But you just got the most normal looking yeah. guy, imagine living next door to you, and you're like, Yeah, sorry, that guy in the death now. What, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, Chuck, oh, the neighbor? Oh, Chuck. That's why he brought the paper around yesterday. What do you mean? Um, but yeah, that's that's that we're done now, essentially, on our analysis of death and their discography. Um, we hope that it's shown, taken you through musically lyrically production wise and influence influence wise <laughs> how important death were. Yeah. and i don't want to overstate this i don't want to make out like i know everything about death metal and this is the you know there's still now, now there's so much more for me to do and to go and check out mm. um and I, I said we'll get to it after but i'll just give my thoughts on death metal now and i'll ask you go after yeah? yeah no i have written this so i'm going to read it because i had to make sure that I, I wanted to get my thoughts down I've now come away having so much respect and admiration for Chuck. He's like overnight overnight. Over a few months, he's gone to become my metal hero. Even though I'd say death aren't my favorite band. Uh-huh. Like I've got I've got bands I prefer uh-huh. more, but in terms of what he has done, I just I'm I'm so in awe of him and what he's done. He has made me understand death metal. Now let me explain why. I didn't get it before. I thought it was messy, convoluted, loud, over the top. I didn't enjoy it. But now I get that it is all about the technicality, the aggression, the darkness you are meant to feel in the lyrics translated through the music, the musicianship. And although I like a bit of melody in death, I can really now enjoy and appreciate death metal. And I can't wait to go and start checking out some other bands in this, in this, who are equally responsible because we've got to give, you know, we've got to give credit as well. This wasn't a one man show, despite everything no. we have just said, Chuck was largely responsible for a lot of stuff and a lot of the progressions and the changing the course of death metal. How many times we've got plenty of other bands as well, uh, doing the necrophagia were a big band, um, obituary, you know, we already said possessed and the whole host of other great bands that we want to laud and give plaudits to for their parts in it. But uh, as you can see, if you've watched for the last however long, this show is about Chuck Schuldiner and death.
1: Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts
0: on death metal now?
1: I'm just so touched. Like, it's weird. Okay. It is so weird. My whole perspective changed when we watched the live video.
0: Okay. Well, because I
1: actually, so we watched like a live show they did. Like we a watched, festival the, they if
0: did. the death fans are watching, they'll know. We watched live in Eindhoven. So that, that was, gig, we watched that one.
1: That changed everything for me. Because I was just listening to, when I was listening to Scream Bloody Gore, I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is so difficult to listen to. I'm actually struggling, but I need to, you know, I need to uh, take my notes. I need to be proficient about my prep. Um, and then I uh, watched the live video. And I looked, it's just I just watched him do his thing. And I'm like, wow, there's so much skill behind this. Yeah it's just that just completely turned it around for me. And I started seeing it from the, from just completely other perspective, from the perspective of just excellent musicianship and God knows how many hours put into just playing guitar to that yeah. level little and songwriting to that level. Okay. And I think this is what changed it for me. And now I look at the whole genre differently and I'm actually really curious about melodic death metal. I love my melodies. Okay. I'm a singer. So it's something I'd definitely go and check out.
0: I, I think I agree with you. I think, I think we're be, being, being in the Western side of the world. Mm-hmm. We're so used to the, to the confines of Western pop music. And Western pop music quite clearly involves an intro, a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, a bridge a chorus and then an outro right. that's like staple on that's every beatles song <laughs> you know the beatles the Stones, the who the kinks all these bands and even you know today a couple of you know how many of, of our favorite bands have intro verse chorus verse chorus so many mm-hmm. Van sevenfold bullet from valentine corn you know it's yeah. a it's a it's a trademark of western music this the, to structure songs like this a western popular music i should say so it's no surprise that there is that there's a plethora of, of bands and uh, artists in metal that write like this. Yeah. But to have someone just turn that formula on its head and be like, "You want you want to start with solo? Fuck it, let's do it!" <laughs> like, yeah. And and I know I'm not gonna you know pro, prog rock came in the early '70s and they messed around with structures and everything. So I'm not I'm not saying that Chuck Sheldon is responsible for, for 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 changing the course of all music but just having the balls to 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 grab a a, a genre or a sub-genre that you've essentially invented and say yeah it was good for that album but now i'm going to do this and i'm going to mess up the structures and do this and now i'm going to do it but i'm going to put time signature changes in and then tempo changes and use other instruments and now i'm going to do it and i'm going to use a fretless bass (laughs) like i just I, i got so much admiration for this guy um so much so, I mean, what was your? Do you have a favorite album?
1: Symbolic.
0: Symbolic. Me too. Definitely. What do you, like any others? Do you have like a, a list?
1: No. No. I think Symbolic is my favorite. Yeah. Um, and I, I just I really enjoyed that album. It just had everything for it me. Really everything, it really did. Everything did have Which everything. I really enjoyed. It was so good. Um, but yeah, do you have a favorite like a album?
0: Oh yeah, that's a good one because they've got some very interesting ones. I do, yeah. I think I did the yeah. top three. Yeah, so number three for me was Sound of Perseverance. I thought it was really scary. I d- like what is that thing? Is it a mouth? Is yeah. it a cave entrance? Oh, it, and then the people crawling up and that red, the redness, the the, the 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 dark red that litters the album. It's scary. You look at that and you think that's a death metal album. Yeah. Spiritual healing, I thought it's cool because it's kind of almost a bit um tongue-in-cheek, just with the yeah. the uh, the who was it? It's it's a TV evangelist, uh, a, a priest, um, yeah. trying to heal someone who's obviously like mentally disturbed or mentally ill, or maybe even physically ill. Um, and it's this is almost a bit comedic, you know, a bit satire. That was number two for me, but number one, leprosy. Leprosy. Oh, I found leprosy
1: so disturbing. That's
0: the point oh. for me. You've got the most unmetal color, pink, yeah. dominating the album cover with what we call a leper a man who has, or a woman who has leprosy. Um, yeah. And leprosy is a, it's a, I, I don't, I don't want to say anything wrong, but it's a, a disease, which I know can eat away at flesh uh, and skin yeah, and everything, that but that's metal as fuck. It's but like, that that's just, you exactly, know, exactly. And they, this is what
1: they were going And for. I
0: like that. If you want to scare someone, you know, you want to say, yeah, you want to see death metal? Look at this. And you put the, the leprosy album cover in their face. They'll be like, oh, fuck!" please don't do
1: that to me. No, no, no. we'll do it to
0: our family members. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's it. Um, as far as we're concerned, you know, we've been through the whole discography four times now with the four different sections. Yeah. Um, and those are our thoughts. Yeah. Do we have anything to answer or to I address? think so.
1: People are just saying greetings from Mexico City Hall. Oh. Hi, guys. Oh, hi, guys.
0: If you've missed anything, go back and check it out. Yeah. Check it out because we've gone through the whole of Death's discography yeah. explaining why Chuck, Death and the rise of death metal was so uh, crucial done by them.
1: We're going to save everything as per usual. You can check it out on uh, any platform you're choosing. Really. Uh, We've got the live stream is going to be up on YouTube, on Facebook. And if you're watching on YouTube and you're not yet following us on Facebook, please follow us on Facebook. Yeah, Why not? Why not? Please support us. It means the world to us. And you can watch us on Instagram as well.
0: Yeah. All three of you Instagram, (laughs) please (laughs) go to Facebook and hit a like face. Is that right? That's Facebook. That's Facebook go to youtube and hit subscribe youtube hit, hit uh, instagram or facebook and give them likes and subscribes <laughs> Please, come on guys. we want to build this male community we've said it before we want to build a yep. little male community as we've said we're, we're in our mid-20s we don't i'm happy to Great say 20s. live mid-20s they don't need to know that i'm happy to say live on this i do not know everything about heavy metal
1: not we me either. No, but we
0: no, love it. It's yeah, a learning it. curve. I told you I listened to new metal, tech metal, I listen to traditional metal, uh yeah, industrial metal, I listen to prog metal, I listen so much. Death metal is not something I checked out before. What? I'm learning and having learned in the best way possible, just find the best fucking death metal band yeah. and get involved in their discography. And it's changed my world around like already. i i just I bought t-shirts, I loved it so much. Like uh oh, the albums really hit me in a special way. Yeah. And uh again massive thank you i suppose in the afterlife to chuck shoulder for all he did uh if at the very least i only end up enjoying seven death metal albums Mm -hmm. and they are all death's albums i'll be happy yeah at the the best i'm gonna have a whole new world of death metal opened up to me but anyway we're a community we're trying to build a community of like-minded people who love metal whether you like new metal or death metal black metal or industrial metal we should oh. to be a part of it. We're just going to yeah. share our thoughts on things, do album reviews, all the stuff you see here. So please get involved and join us.
1: Yeah, we'll see you very soon. This has been really enjoyable and I've really enjoyed the research we've done for yeah. it. And the listening. And the listening and... I <laughs> love it.
0: <laughs> I do, I do. It's music that has hit me. Uh, no, I did not think I'd come away two months ago saying I now love a couple of death metal albums. Well,
1: there you go. There you go. This is what happens and actually this is all because of you guys as well
0: <laughs> yes yeah, thanks okay? to you guys so thanks yeah.
1: to you for recommending thanks to you you and you for recommending it to us so yeah we'll see you again very soon thank you very much for tuning in
0: have a metal day
1: have a lovely day we'll see you very soon